and she danced for me. Thank you, sweetheart. Just for you. <laughs> for me to have my bossy skirt mojo coming through on a podcast, I need to start it with me humming and you dancing. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. It just doesn't have the same energy without Kelsey dancing. Exactly. And then that's probably one of the best sprinklers I've ever seen. <laughs> I should dance, you know, 40 years ago. Should have been a dancer 40 years ago. I dance like I'm from the 70s. I can't. I can't twerk like the people nowadays. <laughs> I don't have rhythm like that. I think 70s style dancing is still appropriate, but that could be because I'm old. And stiff and disco-y, <laughs> and it's what I can do. Well, it's got to be frustrating for our listeners to listen to us talk about how fantastically you dance since they never get to see you. So we do have to figure that out. We're going to have a dance cam. I like the idea. It just cuts. It's literally just going to be. tries twerking. (laughs) 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 Oh, I believe we published the Kelsey Tries episode today. That, yeah. So by the time I've referenced Kelsey Tries, people should know what that means. Because, of course, everybody listens to every episode, right? They're supposed to. Oh, how's everybody doing today? Good. 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 Good, good, good. Good, good all the way around. <laughs> I'm so glad everybody's good because I wanted to dive just a little deep today. We won't go way deep, but a little deep. I wanted to talk about two things. I wanted to talk about trust and everybody p- picture Pulp Fiction. I want to talk about boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Pulp Fiction. We were just talking about Pulp I was, Fiction. Yeah, we were just talking about it earlier. Uma Thurman dra- draws an invisible yep. square in the middle of the screen, and Quentin Tarantino puts some little dotted dash lines over it to show it. You you might like Pulp Fiction. I you totally would love, love it. Yeah. 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 If you like Bad Times at the movies. El Royale, you like yeah. that. Yeah. You like Bad Times that. at the El Royale? I did. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's like kindergarten, and Pulp Fiction's like college. I mean, it's it's that, but on steroids. Yeah, it's it's that trippy. <laughs> hmm. There's a lot of violence. It's a good movie though. But it's it's so it's all it's funny. It's comedic violence. I was just gonna call it fun <laughs> violence, and I didn't want to say <laughs> that. But yeah, it's just it's different. You got to check it out. You got to check it out. Do you have oh. a DVD player? <laughs> no, Jenny. I stream. Listen to you. No, actually. No, She's got a huge collection of DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, boy, do I ever. Yeah. <laughs> I rock DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4Ks on my Xbox. It'll play anything I want. I'll bring you the Pulp Fiction DVD next time. Okay. So. She's not sold. I'm not <laughs> sold. got to try harder. <laughs> we'll, we'll try harder. Plus one's brother-in-law last night tried getting me to take Tomb Raider home and play, and I was like, yeah, I have other games coming out this month. I don't need that right now. <laughs> Just down. Samuel L. Jackson's in it, if that'll say. I used to play the OG <laughs> Tomb Raider on the I OG did too, PlayStation. But two of like my most anticipated games for the year are coming out in February. So wh- I'm not going to start something I have no interest in. When in oh. two weeks I'm going to be head deep in whatever action adventure I find myself in. <laughs> My God, so, you yeah. have problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you so know. trust and boundaries. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, they say if you don't, if I don't what like you in the first thirty seconds, they've already moved yeah. on to the next podcast. Um, so, so here's the thing: I love to say everybody is allowed to have boundaries. Everybody, but you don't always know what your boundaries are, especially when you're first starting out in your career, because. You kind of assume, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I felt this way. You sort of assume when you first walk in that you're not supposed to have any boundaries, that you're supposed to allow 
everything because I'm here and I'm the rookie. I'm the greenhorn. So whatever you tell me to do, whatever you ask, whatever you say, mm. no, I'm getting major. You, you never even felt that way. Well, good for you. No, there's a hard line that I draw that nobody can tell me. I don't care how new I am in a company. If somebody comes up to me and tries being inappropriate, done. Oh, Squashing well, it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. If it comes to like running and grabbing something, yes, I don't care. Hmm. I'm not above doing little tedious. What if they tell chores. you to scrub the toilets, Kelsey? No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's been That's not my, my job. <laughs> if I got hired as a production like assistant, I might say no. 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 I don't know. So so are we are we derailing your question? <laughs> I don't I don't know though. No. That's, that's kind of the boundaries, isn't it? Uh, I get well. what you're saying though. You have to be willing to do whatever you're asked because you're know. the newbie, right? What so. if you had a weird boss that wanted you to file papers in front of him, bend over all day? Oh my goodness, that yeah. happens. So that it happens. So there's so much. It exists. To, um, okay. Angel, so Angel's laughing. <laughs> Shout out to Angel. Oh dear lord! Let's I'm just saying. Hypothetically, you got those weirdos, and if somebody asked me to do something like that, I am not going to. Oh okay. So let me backtrack. When I was a young professional, I and I said I I walked in thinking, okay, I have to be prepared to be doing everything. I never ever assumed that that would mean anything illegal. That that would never mean in a horribly inappropriate sexual harassment. I, I, I wasn't even thinking like that. I was just thinking <laughs> whether it's tasks or how far I have to stretch myself or who I have to work with, like, you know, throw it at me because I'm I'm ready to take it on. I was That, I think, is a more accurate representation of my mindset. Like eager. But, yeah. but what I think is interesting is, but this is an entirely different generation. Yeah, I was just drawing a boundary. That's mine. I know, but the fact that you are self-aware and self-respectful enough to even say already, you, you've, you've got them, and here they are. And you, you think totally differently than I did at I age. mean, I don't want to have that mindset go there instantly. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, you're talking about boundaries? Yeah, that's mine. But with everything that happened the last couple of years with the Me Too movement and all these directors and stuff that were taking advantage of the actresses, we're in the entertainment business industry field. And the background of it, we're not the ones on camera that have been exposed to that stuff, but it happens. Yeah, your awareness level is obviously much, much, much higher and more tuned and than mine ever And I just would never was. allow somebody to treat me like that. Yeah, that's, well, first of all, kudos to you. That's fantastic. So let's let's take uh, anything illegal and just put that in the parking lot because we'll just assume everybody should have boundaries to protect themselves when asked to or be exposed to anything. That's yeah, illegal. you don't want your boss asking you to do drug runs. That's not. That's yeah. Not right. Yeah. That's so not we'll, good. L- let's assume all that we we all totally agree with. So so like more <laughs> the other the other boundaries you might be struggling with. So Tony Tony um, started with a good one, which is really like basic job functions, right? Because this this was a conversation I would have with a lot of young professionals when I was first uh, mentoring you after you would get hired um, because there's a catch-all phrase that we use, the, that the bosses use, that we call other duties as assigned. <laughs> so you will I oftentimes exactly what you're see about. that <laughs> described like on a job description. in yeah. any job description mm-hmm. just to make sure that there is a catch-all that if yeah. I, not that, you would be asked to scrub toilets. If you needed me to, if you really absolutely needed me to, you could. <laughs> mm. I still probably would never ask you, but like something that might fall more into a, a category of could potentially happen, because we were just talking about this a minute ago, I would potentially ask somebody to clean out that nasty-ass fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and I fair. Could- <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you on that. Yeah. 
but but uh, so in that example, Kelsey, would your first reaction be that is absolute no way that is not my job? I wouldn't want to say that to my boss, but I never put anything in the fridge besides one can that I put in and grab two hours later. So I really don't want to clean everybody else's stuff. They're gross. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs> Sometimes rotten vegetables come out of that fridge. A gag walking through the kitchen. I could not handle touching it. That is so ridiculous. I never use the fridge here, so I, I have no idea. Like, I opened it, like, once oh, no, it's or gross. twice. <laughs> and I just saw, like, a bunch of stuff, like, with labels on it. Like, this is, you know, From last year. But so here's the thing. Although that sounds logical, i.e., I don't use the fridge, so it's not my responsibility to clean. There's also this other little um, saying in the work world, which is, if uh, everybody assumed somebody would do it, so nobody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your fridge is sort of falling into that no man's land. <laughs> and it just, you know, I was saying earlier before we started, the moment I opened the fridge, I knew right away. And I was explaining to Alana, I'm so old. I can tell right away the moment I open a fridge what kind of place this is. Not that this isn't a fantastic place. It is. Also, it's it's not on New Radio Media alone because yeah, we, have a we company. share this um, office space with another company, which is company. very common. So mm-hmm. in a lot, so at my office we have a community fridge or mm-hmm. excuse me kitchen. So we share it with another company. Mm-hmm. But so, but if you imagine that it's nobody's, <laughs> hey, I, I think rinse we're the dishes probably sometimes. both of us are like uh, on either side or blaming the others, right? Like that's exactly <laughs> right. And what happens is it those stupid gross. new radio media people. It they becomes gross. <laughs> so I think that there's. You know, sometimes an opportunity to maybe, I won't say step outside your boundaries, but to expand your boundaries to include efforts that serve the greater good. So that could be cleaning out the fridge or uh, making sure that um, the recycle bin isn't completely, that's another one. I don't know if this. We don't have one. Oh no! Shout out to Kelsey though. She does clean the sink pretty good. She does. She does do like the dishes occasionally. I don't like, like when they pile up. Yeah, it we have nuts. a dishwasher, so yeah. she's not doing the dishes. But she puts I the have dish- to be clear. She'll load the dishwasher though. You've washed them mm-hmm. with the with the because mm-hmm. it was already it was already started and running, and there was more in the sink. So we oh. found soap under the sink. It's awful and thick. Oh, then your boundaries are different than mine. <laughs> I'm not gonna clean a fridge or a toilet, but I don't mind cleaning the cups out. So no, not me. I want. I want to especially when. Tony eats oatmeal out of one of them. Uh, yeah, that's kind <laughs> of And then gross. just leaves it in the sink. He does. Uh, I'm more conscious about turd. that after after we already talked after we talked about that. Tony, I try to be more conscious about that. You still leave bags of chips on the floor in the studio. That was an accident. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a genuine just like accident. Stepping on your but, switch. But was to go back to the fridge really quick, we they we, they put a rule on the fridge a couple months ago, and it didn't get followed. If you bring something in, it stays for a week, and it's either getting pitched at the end of the week or you take it home. So when you say it didn't get followed, um, it's like... People never took their stuff out of the fridge. It's like you're looking for a kitchen boss. And I think that the lesson here is there isn't a kitchen boss. It's everybody's responsibility to step up and keep it contained, clean, and for people to follow the rules that get posted on the fridge. If nobody is made responsible for that, then it's everybody's responsibility. Yeah, you guys yeah. are not digging this. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna challenge you guys with with one other well, thing. Just our now. kitchen boss likes to, to like wash plastic silverware and like pull things out of the garbage and save them. So then it's like I, I try to like I try not to like. Okay. <laughs> what? 
I do know about the washing plastic silverware, but I've never seen anybody grab anything out of the garbage, Tony. <laughs> you are making bold accusations, Tony. Yeah, it's gross. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Any. Have you seen it? I no. Okay, I've then seen. I've seen them eyeballing. Okay, okay I'm they were eyeballing. I'm, I'm, I'm raining us in. Uh. We're not going to talk about whoever's doing that. So. <laughs> This so so I guess where we're overlapping is with boundaries and, and taking responsibility, which is really what this is about. Because if something feels like it's going over your boundary, but it's also an example of something that requires responsibility. So I want to challenge you guys a little bit here because you said a minute ago, Alana, that you guys don't recycle here. Yeah, and it bothers me. It makes me sad. Mm-hmm. So I used to take cardboard home and burn it. Th- this is the challenge to the group. So you could bring in a waste bin. A container. You could bring in a bag. You could start a recycling program in the kitchen tomorrow. You could be the one to bring that bag to Meyer to get the deposit receipts back. Oh, we have we have like bottle like for returns bottle returns. Grass returns. Yeah, but like for just like paper Cardboard. and plastic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, so basic I didn't recycling clarify. is done. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, we have we have deposit returns. Yeah, we're not throwing okay. away all of. Yeah. Okay, so it's paper. It's paper and, and that's like a water problem bottles. Too. And things like that. We go through a lot of paper here. Yeah. So, but I, but I could still issue the same challenge then. That's oh, also totally. Put a big empty box and put a piece of paper on it and label it recycle paper. And another one for recycle plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could you could fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think we can put the box there and nothing I wouldn't happen. Know, I wouldn't know what to do with it after. You wouldn't? I don't no. have recycling where I'm from. So I could do a quick Google and find out where to drop off recycled paper. Okay. (laughs) That works. (laughs) Anyway, I'm certainly not saying that's what you should be doing. I'm saying when when we talk about other duties as assigned, it can be really easy to say that's not my job Mm -hmm. and then complain about it because it seems terrible that we don't recycle paper. I really see what you're saying. (laughs) The the solution could start with you. This whole conversation is If they want to keep me on the clock, I'll recycle whatever they want. Yeah, like a lot wow. of this conversation has just been us going, wow, that is not my job. <laughs> did you hear how Kelsey just finished the sentence? Yeah, I and I, I did the same thing. I'm not going to drive it to a store if it's not on my way or it's far away from where I live because nobody here wants to. I wouldn't have a problem taking my papers home at the end of the day. So you're describing right now the challenge with global warming in a nutshell because if they're not going to do it, you're not going to do I it. I do my part. I feel like everybody should do their part. Right. I don't feel like we should have to take care of everybody else in the office. Okay. Well, somebody's got to take care of Mother Earth. That's why I don't let her and I keep a garbage bag in my car. Okay. It can be your your contribution can be as big or small as you choose to make it. That's what boundaries are all about. I'm just what other boundaries can we discuss? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like I um I got a little too bossy on the poor crew through that little lesson, and I know Tony's over there having his knowledge bomb moment. I always care. Um, I know it's awesome. I love that about you guys. And so you know that's probably enough to think on for now. We don't have to take any more action on that topic, uh, but it does segue right into trust, which is the second thing I did want to talk about. Um, because establishing boundaries and establishing trust really work hand in hand. So <laughs> I asked Kelsey a minute ago after I saw the fridge, and then she walked in with her shiny little Pepsi can, do you hide your soda? <laughs> to which she responded, yes. absolutely. <laughs> so the, the lack of boundaries around the kitchen also creates a lack of trust 
around the oh. kitchen. Yes. Mm. So those things all start to just create invisible dynamics around the office. Um, and, and those can be big issues and they can be little issues. Um, but I think the first step in starting to establish it is accepting responsibility or accountability. So whether it's the little recycling conversation we just had or something bigger like when somebody says they're going to be here on time and you guys have to be all ready and then they don't show up on time, mm -hmm. that creates a breach of trust. Then oh, you start yeah. to... So there, I think there are all kinds of ways. It's a very precious thing. It takes a lot to build. Mm -hmm. um, so I see. I just I think like another thing too. I see what you're saying. Like as in we're all like, oh, that's not my job. But if one of us just like ended up just taking the responsibility, not even necessarily every week, but like if everybody just did something, it would get done. <laughs> well, the funny thing that happens with stuff like that. Let's say one of you brought in the box and stuck on the label that said paper. And, man, that would be a knowledge bomb to everybody else around the office. They'd see that. And now people who were previously throwing their paper away might make a conscientious, conscientious effort to go and drop it off in the little box. So now it's contagious. Now you have other people thinking about it. So then as people are getting involved in discussing it, maybe the team could figure out who does the weekly drop-off. Is that something we would all be willing to share? Can there be a team of us who would raise our hands so that we can share that responsibility so it becomes a rotation. Not just one person's responsibility Not to pick just up. one person's. So you could start a conversation. I think that trust thing also, like you said, plays into it. Like, it, it definitely, like, I feel like if I trust people more, too, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more willing, I don't know, to be go out on a limb and do something, like, as far as, like, cleaning up a sink or, like, cleaning up something, you know? Like, if it's like, well, what, what, if they don't do it, why should I? <laughs> you know, that's exactly kind of right. the same thing. So it's like, I guess, if it's, it's like, I guess, lead by example in that situation. Mm -hmm. That's why I said it's contagious, because once people see you doing that, and not everybody is going to jump on this bandwagon and want to help out, but you'd be surprised. Well, and I think when everyone's helping out, too, it almost creates a dynamic for the person that's not carrying their weight. It kind of makes it awkward for them, and they have, then they have to kind of step up and do their part as well. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it kind of makes it, it, it creates some sort of, what would you call uh, responsibility or liability, I guess. Mm -hmm. You're liable for something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. Interesting, though. <laughs> it is. On on my front, I don't know if you guys have any examples you want to share where um, tr trust can be breached. Um, but for me, it was a really hard lesson early on. And it's funny because it was a compensation lesson. But I had um, put in for, it wasn't my first big promotion. It was probably like my third. But it was like, my first starting to be senior level job and I didn't even ask about pay because I knew the hiring manager really well he and I had worked together for years I apply for the position oh I feel like I know where this is going. I get the position and then he tells me what my new salary is going to be and I'm floored that it's so low uh -huh. it's only it was only a couple thousand dollars more a year but it was a significant increase in responsibility yeah and I didn't ask in advance. So when he told me the amount and I expressed my disappointment and surprise, he said, well, that's okay. If that's not good enough for you, I'll, I can just go and give it to the next person mm -hmm. in line who you beat out. And I will never, well, first of all, I took that away. It's, holy cow, stupid of me. I better learn how to negotiate salary from here on in. And I did. Yeah. That never happened to me again. But I really felt like because we knew each other so well. He would have your back. That would have, if, if that was something, if that was a mistake I was making, yeah, I would have thought he would have helped me through that and yeah. taught me, 
you know, so Jenny will be talking about salary as part of this position. Here's what we're thinking about. And he didn't. And so I felt like it was sprung on me mm. in a really bad way. And I, I will tell Maybe you. Maybe he wanted you to learn a lesson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you he, learned he it. He taught me a good one. <laughs> he taught me a good one. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We, I mean, we're, we're friends and, um, you know, I have great respect and affection for him to this day. But um, I never looked at him the same way again. Mm. I was always a little bit careful. Interesting. Yeah. See, we learned in school, one thing that was always discussed was during, like, an interview, you're not supposed to, obviously, during the interview, you're not supposed to bring up what pay is, what pay is going to be for a job. That's what we were always told. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, how do yeah, you but ask like when you get what the your job pay is going to be then? then yeah. you can start to talk about, like, what the compensation oh, no, is, no, right? no, 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 no. When you're, the, the moment you're, I mean, you're asking about, like, let's say the basic job functions and responsibilities of that job. Yeah, I've always been told going into a job, if you have, like, questions prepared and you're in an interview, do not, do not ask about pay. So um, that's, it's terrible advice. So I'm here to contradict that right away. I would suggest you're, you're not asking how much are you going to pay me? You're asking, what does this job pay? Just Uh. like you would want to know what are the functions of this job? Who does this job report to? How many people does this job manage? And what are the compensation guidelines around this job? You should absolutely ask that in the interview. Mm. Wow. Okay. Mind blown. I'm <laughs> misguided. <laughs> yeah, I've never asked. And so then that gives you a range so that when you do get the job offer, that's when they'll probably present to you what they think your starting salary would be. Then you have an idea of where that fits within that range that they quoted you. And even sometimes they'll try and dodge it and say something like, oh, you know, it depends on the experience. Yeah. Um, you know, or, oh, we'll, we'll have that conversation when the candidate is selected. You can come right back. Now, they, they still might not answer, but you can come right back and say, but as a general rule of thumb, I'm sure you've done some industry research on what this job pays. <laughs> I can love you it. give me any sense at all of the range that you're looking at? Yeah. Because then if they don't answer, they just look sneaky and, you know, nobody yeah. wants to look sneaky you want to start off on the right foot so if you're like an in an entry level um interview you know i'm not sure i worded that right but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um for an entry level position is it appropriate to have a counter like well like to negotiate the salary like do you have like it goes back to that like am i you know am i gonna have the little minion job you know what I mean mm-hmm. um like do I have the the room and the clout yet mm-hmm. to to say well I I think you know based on my research mm-hmm. <laughs> that that this job could pay this much yes. I don't know how to word it the, the answer is absolutely there's always an opportunity to have a conversation on whether or not there's some flexibility within the pay scale is that how you word it is there flexibility uh, it depends on are the you, situation. Yeah, are you open to on the specific one that <laughs> negotiating you, on the specific situation that you described? It depends. So, for example, if a co- let's say a company is hiring five production assistants, typically if they're going to be hiring multiple positions all at the same level, the answer is going to be no. They're all starting at the exact same salary because they want to start everybody fairly. They want the level to be the same. That's what their budget dictates. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when they're hiring a bunch for the exact same job, the answer will be no for those reasons. But if it's a one-off position, right, so it's a job opening for a producer, um, and they say, oh, our producer's, uh, you know, our producer salary starts at, you know, 
$30,000 a year, I'll make it up. Um, there's always room to negotiate. Now, whether or not you'll be able to successfully negotiate is another is another matter. The first rule is whoever says the number first loses. That's mm. why you want to get a range just for the job in general, generically, more than what is it you're going to pay me. So you always want to get the number first before they ask you. Um, and sometimes there are very specific... Um, guidelines around what they can pay. They, a lot of times companies have what they call um, wage scales or um, grade. They call them grades. And so at a specific grade, each job is graded by HR, and so that grade of job is only allowed to make between X and Y. But you'd be surprised how much range there is between X and Y sometimes, which is why there's, there's usually always room mm. to at least have the conversation. Okay. And then uh, based on what they come back with, then then you can negotiate from there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, we went off on a big old tangent there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so trust <laughs> can be uh, can be uh, quickly quickly gained or lost. I don't know if it can be quickly gained. It can be quickly lost. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. Was there anything else anybody wanted to talk about? Or I don't know. I'm actually I'm still kind of like thrown by that. Like that's totally. I'm like I feel like I've just. I was lied to, <laughs> like, I, and I guess it makes sense because it is, it's a game of negotiation. You're mm-hmm. just trying to beat them to the punch. You just, you know, instead just trick them, ask them, ask them how much. Well, not really. A, it's it's not really a trick. Look, the, the bottom line is every employer wants to pay the absolute minimum they have to pay mm-hmm. to fill the position with the best possible candidate. That's what they want to do, and that's what they should do. That's their fiscal responsibility. You want to make the absolute most you can make in your field. So you sort of come to the conversation with two very different objectives. So, But it doesn't ever have to be – I think we talked about this actually in I a previous so, yeah. show. Yeah, It doesn't have to be antagonistic at all. Um, and that's why you talk about things like industry standard and what people in the job made before or – uh, where they see the job going. I mean, there are a lot of ways you can diffuse the conversation. Um, and especially when it's a new job, again, thinking of it as nothing more than a function of the job, it's also what it gets paid. And then I, my, my memory's coming back to me now. Then when you're asking for the raise, just don't ever put anybody on the spot and expect an answer right then and there. That's what can make um, a situation weird. We need to have like a negotiation episode, just a full blown just negotiation tactics. Mm-hmm. Probably for that. like every so like from internship to entry level mm-hmm. to first promotion. Yeah, I like that. We can do that. Let's do that next time. Ooh, I'm into it. All right, perfect. Like if you have an idea for a topic, <laughs> yeah. send it to send us. Uh, your send DMs. Yeah. Well, they have had no uh, problem sending us material, and hopefully the next time I pop by, I'm going to see a paper recycling bin in the kitchen. <laughs> I just can't believe we have people that listen to us. That's so awesome. I'm excited. I'm so excited. We have fans. They might not be fans. Uh, I literally got the the DM last week right after Don't Use Ma'am, but who knew? Okay. (laughs) Newradiomedia.com, just like it sounds, bossyskirt.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.